Mother Tongue, a space for the voices and the stories of mamas, because it takes a village to raise a mama. Greetings, mamas, and welcome to the second episode of the Mother Tongue Podcast, a space where we are collectively reimagining, visioning, and co-creating a more uplifting and supportive culture for mamas. As I mentioned in the first episode, earlier this year, I had the honor and the pleasure of hosting Map for a New Motherhood which was a global summit intended to uplift and amplify the voices of mamas all over the globe who are leading this movement toward maternal wellness and empowerment. And it was really out of my experience doing the interviews for the summit that I felt called and inspired to start this podcast. So I will be repurposing many of those interviews right here on the Mother Tongue podcast And being that May is Mental Health Awareness Month, being that we are emerging now from a year plus long global pandemic, which has upended all of our lives and particularly been a burden on mothers. And being that perinatal mood disorders are the most common complication of pregnancy in this second episode, I am going to be sharing my interview with Maureen Fura, who is the producer and director of the revolutionary film, Dark Side of the Full Moon, which brought to light the epidemic of mental health disorders in pregnancy and postpartum. Before we dive in, I just want to warn you that some of the content may be triggering particularly if you are currently struggling with postpartum depression or anxiety. So be really kind to yourself and be mindful of that and only take in what is helpful and nourishing to you. I will be sharing some resources in the show notes for places that you can go to get more support if needed. So let's dive in. Hello, welcome back to Map for a New Motherhood. I'm here today with Maureen Fura, who has spent the last 10 years building key relationships with policymakers, advocates, leaders, survivors, scientists, researchers, providers, and families to close the gap in maternal mental health care. She is a survivor of a maternal mental health disorder and the director, writer, and producer of the film Dark Side of the Full Moon, which was the first documentary film exposing the gaps in care in the United States. She is a founding, was a founding member of the National Coalition for Maternal Mental Health and successfully led the first national social media awareness campaign for Maternal Mental Health Week for four years. 
She is currently a postpartum support international volunteer for Miami and support group facilitator. Maureen is a mother of two sons, ages eight and 12. Maureen, welcome. I'm so glad to have you here. I'm so honored to have been asked and invited to this amazing summit. Thank you. Mm, absolutely. And I also just want to thank you for your work around maternal mental health because you know, that film, I'm sure, created a lot of change, plus all of the policy work that you've been doing. Uh, it's such an important issue that we, we all need to work on and, and overcome, and, and your work has been integral in that. So thank you. And um, I thought we could start with talking about what brought you into the work. So um, I had always wanted to be a mother um, and um, got pregnant with my first son uh, 12 years ago in Monterey and in California. Um, I, I did not expect what had happened to me. It happened really fast. I explain it like the car, I went to bed um, one day and woke up somebody completely different. Um, I was completely unprepared. It was the first trimester. I didn't even know I was pregnant yet. And I um, started to have thoughts of hurting myself. And I was 32 and I had never had a suicidal thought in my life. And I didn't understand. And it was, it was scary uh, what was happening. And within two days, um, I went from a super functioning graduate student, newly married woman with multiple projects to having to drop out of the projects, the work. Um, I had to be watched all the time. I felt very scared and unsafe in myself for the first time and unsafe in the world. And I didn't know that there was a name for it. Um, I knew, and my doctors knew about postpartum depression, but at that time there was no talk about it happening during pregnancy, that it could happen or what it looked like. Um, what I ended up having yeah. was called OCD, which are obsessive compulsive um, thoughts, intrusive thoughts that are very frightening um, that um, would, I would, I would just play out really horrific scenes in my head every second of the day, whether it was harming myself or um, doing something to somebody else. And the thing about these thoughts are um, they're, they're so frightening to you that that's how you know you would never act on them, but you don't know that when they're happening to you. Um, and so that spun out of control and turned into severe depression within two days. And um, I'm growing this baby and I'm, I'm asking every provider. Um, I don't feel right. I don't feel like myself. I'm having these crazy thoughts. And all of them just kept telling me like the strangest uh, um, advice, you know, like, we'll watch this in your postpartum, um, stuff like read this book if, you know, and, and I was like, I think I'm beyond reading a book. Um, right. And I had never had a mental health crisis ever. So I didn't know how to navigate that system even. I didn't even know who to call. Um, and I kept getting yeah. turned away and there were like three month wait lists and like, I wasn't sure I was going to make it through. And, and I ended up seeing 29 different doctors, social workers, therapists, psychiatrists, psychologists before I finally found help. And that wow. was like six months postpartum. Um, oh my gosh. And so, so the whole pregnancy, you were just. Oh my God. It was, 
It was every day. I couldn't leave the house. I became an agoraphobic. Like this isn't who I was. Like I was a strong, independent woman who had traveled the world, like in Peace Corps twice. Like I thrived on new and and challenging experiences. And all of a sudden I couldn't leave the house by myself. um, And I had to be watched by um, friends and family members. They had to step in and care for me. and I didn't think I would make it through, or if I did, um, my I would I would have my son, and then I would take my life. Was the plan? Um, I couldn't even look at it, the top of a building because I was so positive. Like I would figure out how to climb. You know, mm-hmm. I figure out where the door is. So for a long time, I would just stare down. I mean, this is wow. so off the wall. Um, and so after that experience, like it, sh- it just shook me, I, you know, I'd always felt safe in my skin yeah. and in my mind. Um, for the first time, I, I didn't feel safe in, in the world, you know, I didn't feel safe in me yeah. and um, I didn't it's think terrifying. I could live another day. Like it hurt to breathe. Like my brain would say things like, um, you will never feel joy again. You will never. And and normally there's this wise woman inside of me, this wise self that will always say, you know, it's going to get better. That she was gone. It was, yeah. it was all gone. Yeah. So um, that's how I got started. Just kind of thinking in the delay in getting me care. Was that the norm? I wasn't sure if this was happening to other women, if um, they were feeling it in pregnancy too. Did they tell their doctors and get dismissed just like I did? Right. Um, so, so that's, that was how I got started was because I slipped through the gaps so many times. Yeah, I was like, is this the norm? And if it was, then it needed to be addressed because um, I had so many resources and family members and social supports um, that if I thought I couldn't make it through, what would it look like for somebody else who didn't have all of that? Like I had spent my life um, uh, advocating for vulnerable populations since mm. I was a Girl Scout in fifth grade. Like, so yeah. that was part of my DNA to do that. And at that moment at 32, that's exactly what saved my life because what I had done for others, I had to start doing for myself. Mm. Um, wow. So that's what launched me onto this path of, that I can't seem to let go. <laughs> yeah. I it. Well, when something like that happens to you, I can only, you know, it sounds absolutely terrifying, you know, between how abruptly it came on and how little support there was. How did you, you know, I know you said at six months postpartum, you finally got the support you need. What was your road to recovery? Oh, I found the right therapist, the right clinician. Um, she was an LCSW who had, who had been trained in these uh, perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. I didn't even know it had a name. Um, all it took was me finding her. Um, and it took me six months to find her actively. Um, and for her to tell me that it had a name, I was going to be okay, um, that this yeah. was common and that she was going to make sure that I found my way to care, which for me at that moment was medicine. I needed to get on medicine. I wasn't going to make it. Um, So she knew a reproductive um, psychiatric nurse who had been trained in this, who knew that I could take medicine. And and so she worked with me. um, And it was having this therapist who was like, if we need to talk on the phone during the week, we can do it. If I need to see you twice a week, we can do it. I never did. I never did. But it was that 
um, knowing that I was in that level of in support. safe hands um, and not being told, like, call yeah. me in three weeks. You know, if you think you're going to hurt yourself, call 911. Um, this woman was knowledgeable and and she knew the right care for me to get me better. And that's exactly what happened. And then I got better. Um, it was yeah. key in getting me back to me. Yeah. And and so how how long did it take once you had that support to kind of feel like you had returned to yourself? So that's such like uh, crazy. You know, some women feel normal right away. Honestly, like I felt um, like I could have my baby uh, and take my baby home and, and be like a mom, right? I was out of the hole. There was still anxiety. The OCD was gone. Um and you know you're in new motherhood, so it, it it it's anxiety producing if you already have that tendency. Sure. Um, yeah. But for me to feel like myself, honestly, seven years to feel yeah. safe, like a hundred percent safe to drive my kids to a theme park by myself, all that, you know, cause that's who I was. I would go to other countries to get on a plane with my kids and trape across the U S when that happened, I, I had this moment of like, I'm, I'm me again. Like mm-hmm. I'm me, I feel safe in me. And now I, it's hard to remember those days when I didn't feel like me or when depression scared me so badly. Now it doesn't um, scare me as much as it did. So okay. it took a while. A while, yeah, yeah. And at what point did you have the idea to make the film? Was that after the I seven had, years where you... You know, it happened right away. And I tried to make it within the first eight months of my son's life. And I contacted um, Dr. Shoshana Bennett. And she was in California. And I, I was getting ready to go film her. And I never called her back. And I never came. Because... Mm-hmm. Um, I was sure that if I talked about it, it was going to come back. Like uh-huh. I wasn't, I wasn't better, you know, I, I yeah, I can imagine <laughs> that being really challenging until you felt more grounded and centered and back. Right. And back. I, I had never made a movie either. I just kind of like picked up a camera and started teaching myself. So that was very new to me too. Um, so it wasn't until um, four years later after I had my other son and had moved to Florida that I felt better. I had a, a good pregnancy. I never got off my Zoloft. I had my second son on a SSRI and um, it was such a healing pregnancy because I was, I was, I was healthy. I was happy. Yeah. I was healthy. There were no panic, no, no worries. Um, so that, that made it, that opened the door for me to be able to tell this story for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then what was the process of finding the stories and, and creating the, the film? You know, um, I didn't know what we were going to find. Jennifer Silliman, my uh, co-producer, uh, what we were going to find. Um, I think I was very surprised to see how widespread so many women um, do experience this and the hit or miss care. Um, some women would say, well, my doctor told me. Um, the majority would say, no one told me. Um, some would say they told me, but they, they didn't know what to do with me. Um, and it was just so crazy because I remembered getting gestational diabetes and preeclampsia. And I remember them knowing exactly what to do. Right. Um, 
And I remember thinking like, why is this so hard for, yeah. for the system to understand what to do? Yeah. Um, so that was the most shocking thing about um, collecting stories was to hear how widespread my experience was actually the norm. Um, and, and that was hard. And it's still hard to take. If I go to conferences and I hear husbands share stories about why a, a wife they lost or mm-hmm. a mother who found it hard to find care, I re- I'm like, oh, you know, the film was supposed to stop that. And um, mm-hmm. so well, that still lingers, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's when you... When you made the film, was the statistic of, you know, one out of seven women already known or was that something that came to light as a result of the film? You know, um, what I've heard when I made the film, it was like one in 11. I mean, there are so many numbers that float around and it's hard to find like the right number, right? Like I've heard one in five, I've seen one in nine, one in 11, um, And I think from after making the film, we're talking, I've heard more talk about OCD. Mm -hmm. I've heard a lot more talk about anger. Um, I've heard a lot more talk about women Um, Mm self-medicating, a lot more talk about pregnancy, um, and a lot more talk um, around um, that men or or partners, what partners can do to support um, their partners. So I've heard more, but it's slow. It's slow, right? But it it is changing. It is changing. And yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's definitely come onto my radar much more as as a provider, but probably in part because of my own experience with with postpartum depression and, and seeking out the information. And I know the, when I think when when I went to the maternal mental health symposium that was 2018, the that that was presented as one in seven, um, and it was presented as you know this is the most common complication of pregnancy, which I think is something that that kind of wakes people up uh, to to you know how prevalent it is. And my feeling is that it, it could quite possibly be much higher than that because number one, people there's stigma. Number two, people, um, people's providers are not screening, right? So, and then now with COVID, you know, the I know maternal mental health has gotten worse. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah I've, I've been lucky to work with um, doctors here in Miami, um, which has been very healing to see OBs that actually want to screen, know that it's so important. Um, and then understanding that they're just really scared about not knowing where to send them. Um, and if you can help them figure that out, they want to screen. Like they right. really do see this and they want to help. That was very like healing and shocking to me all at the same time. Yeah. Um, and we've seen like a rise in our numbers due to COVID because those risk factors are all getting pushed right now. Uh, social support, loss, um, childhood, child, childcare stress. You can't yeah. have people come and help you. And this fear of like not knowing how you're going to deliver. And then the expectations of what you thought your pregnancy or that first year was going to look like your baby showers, your right. people holding your babies. I, I lead support groups for moms. And these are some of the big issues, um, that come up. That's this collective kind of experience of these women right now that 
I would have been triggered if I, you know, I would have been yeah. suffering for sure. Yeah. I remember back in March uh, when the, when the pandemic first hit and I had a couple, you know, I had two births like the day before, it was like a couple of days before everything shut down. And at that point I was kind of like, wow, what a, what a blessing. Cause these moms get to really sink into that slow postpartum and, and not feel like they have to rush and get out and get back to the world. But then, you know, as time goes on and you're, you're isolated, it's, it's really, really challenging. And, and what you just spoke to as far as all the different layers of loss that, that maybe are unspoken and people are just feeling like, you know, the loss of, of sharing your baby with your community and, and, you know, the loss of that, that support. So it's really wonderful that you, that you do lead a, a group that's so, yeah, that's so important. And the film itself focused more, would you say, on, or the, the cases that were presented were more severe, right? Postpartum psychosis? So that's what people thought. Um, and, and we, we showcase the headlines, right? And some people, it, it, it touched them the wrong way. And what I wanted to do was create a vehicle to hold the stories um, that came out within this time period of starting to make the movie. I wanted people, if you've ever seen the movie Gasland, I wanted people to be like, oh my gosh, women are, women are dying. Like, wake up, wake up. Yeah, right. Um, okay. And we, we, there are some postpartum psychosis newsline stories that definitely come out. Um, but there's a mix. There was postpartum anxiety, uh, postpartum OCD shown, um, postpartum depression, uh, a lot of postpartum depression. Um, so we tried to do a mix of, of the different stories of, of women. Um, mm -hmm. And it just kind of played out like that. But maybe you're thinking of the, the, the new stories that hit, which I wanted people to not lose it. You know, I wanted it to register because so yeah. often um, we'll just forget it, you know, and I wanted to yeah. hold all of that that happened in this short time span. Yeah. No, it was a very powerful film, very powerful. And I, and yeah, I think, you know, for anyone who has not seen it, that would like to see it, would like to see it, just know, I guess you could give a trigger warning yes. for that. Yeah. And I tell women who are in the moment, so I'm so sorry that you saw it. It was so triggering. I normally tell women not to watch it if they're in it, um, because it can be very triggering. Um, it's mostly for the healthcare professionals. It's mostly for our public health departments, for our policymakers to know this is so widespread and this is what's happening. It's not a I'm going to make it through kind of hopeful right. okay. mean, yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, it's meant to light fires in communities. And, and um, I really wanted to light fires in doctors to know yeah. this is really important, really important. Yeah. So if, if you're a mom, I, I wouldn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I remember I walked into that symposium and I felt like I, and I was in a, I was in a place where I had been feeling good for probably about six weeks and I thought oh. I had reached the other side. And I, and so I went in like feeling like this professional midwife nurse person. And then I left just feeling like, okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm not through this. So I, I didn't realize, yeah, it's more for, and that makes sense that it's more to, um, for the healthcare providers. And, and would you say that your film has done what you wanted it to do? 
I would say it's done what I wanted it to do, but not on the scale I wanted it to do. Like I said, if um, I've I've heard of um, task force that were created, I've heard of. It's done what what it was intended to do, but n not to the extent that I I had wanted it. Um, it started task forces. Uh, women have told me that they when they watched it, they saw, oh my god, that's what I had. This is what I'm having. Um, mm -hmm. And I've heard that uh, pu public health departments changed behavior and doctors changed behavior. Um, I think the biggest thing for me, um, I'm I'm a tough critic of myself. Um, when I, when I go to these conferences and, you know, I meet Stephen Day Akeel, uh, he lost his wife. Um, and that was two years after the movie came out. I, you know, I'm like, it, it didn't do, you know, I didn't want any other women to slip through. So, yeah, yeah. um, in that respect, then it didn't do what I wanted it to do. Right. Um, it's a very tall task, but <laughs> but I can, I can understand, you know, I mean, it's as, as somebody who, who's gone through it, it's, it's so, yeah, you don't want anybody to have that experience. Right. Yeah. 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 So in that, in that regard, I'm, I'm, yeah, that, it's hard. It's hard. You know, you, you, I'm sure you juggle that sense of responsibility, like with, you know, women and, and yeah. what you want to do. And, I haven't quite hit it yet and I'm I can't seem to let it go. So um, that's I wish I could yeah, <laughs> try. Well, you're a passionate woman and, and that will drive you. And uh, tell me a bit a little bit about um, postpartum support international. Is that oh. something that was created after the film or out of the film or no. was already around? Um, okay. It's so wonderful. It was created in the 80s by a woman named Jane Honickman um, in Santa Barbara. She was the wo woman who coined the term postpartum depression. Um, okay. And um, it's it's like a peer support um, all over the world. So um, it's made up of mothers and fathers who take calls um, to help uh, connect and um, women and, and families to resources in their community. Um, and it's all free and they have support groups um, for different groups of women. I led one today for birth mothers and they had one for perinatal loss. And um, mm. it's just a wonderful organization. If you're a clinician and you want to be trained, or if you are a mom and you're not feeling like yourself um, and you want to get support, it's the best place to go. Um, also for fathers, one in 10 dads are going to experience this and you can go there and find help as well um, and get resources. So it's, it's such an amazing um, organization. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. What would you say to any mom who might be watching that feels like she may be experiencing some form of mood disorder? I would say you are not alone. It is not your fault. And with the right help, you can get better. Um, I would also say you're a wonderful, amazing mom. Depression mm -hmm. lies, right? Yeah. It's not even creative. It's not even unique. It says the same thing in all of our heads. Um, and, and you can get better, uh, whether that's through a group support group uh, that makes you feel less alone um, 
or by talking with a clinician, um, or if you need medicine, which is okay. It's a, I love it. it what um, this beautiful nurse says, it's a cast for your brain. If you need medicine, it's a little cast for your little broken trans neurotransmitters. It's okay. Mm. It's not forever. Yeah. Um, like no stigma, no shame, uh, and, and just reach out to get support. Um, by calling Postpartum Support International, um, I'm sure you can post the warm line and and getting connected to support. And just like one in five, it's the most common complication. Like, yeah. don't feel bad and, and and you will get better. And motherhood is supposed to feel good. And it, and it does when you, when you get better. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not always unicorns and rainbows, right. yes. but it shouldn't feel so bad either. And right. yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for saying all of that, especially, you know, the piece around um, shame that comes up with, with having it and, and around the medication. I myself had to get on meds finally. And that was a really big deal for me because it was totally outside of my worldview and my identity. And I remember my therapist just said, you know, this is just going to lift the veil so that all your tools will work again and and it was absolutely spot on. So, yeah. But I love that um, a cast for your brain. That's that's a great analogy as well. Uh, where can people find you and your groups? Are, are you doing your groups online now? Um, yeah, but they can go to Postpartum Support um, International. They offer groups um, every single day. Uh, sign up early because they fill up really fast. Um, but these have been really instrumental in women um, feeling better. And I'm one of the group leaders um, and there's they have groups for all kinds of mothers who are experiencing this um, right now. Right. Yeah. And what's that website? Uh, postpartum.net. And um, yeah, the perinatal loss, NICU moms, women of color. Um, mm-hmm. There's a new Desi, Desi chat for South Indian moms. Um, so there is something for you uh, that if you need support, I always say that's the gateway to getting better. Um, yeah. Showing up and hearing other women who are feeling just like you. Um, has a very, um, you don't feel so isolated. You don't feel right. so alone and you don't feel so like this isn't going to get better because um, you're yeah. all in it together. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that feeling of like, is this ever going to get better? It's, it's so hard, right? That's one of the hardest parts. And of it. it does. And it does. That's what my friend who's a clinician in this, she's like, I can tell you, Maureen, that when women come in feeling this way, I can say with 100% certainty that with these complications, you will get better. And there's yeah. something so powerful in that, that these are a special set of emotional disorders, mental illness that you can get better. Yeah. Yeah, that is really important to hear. Um, so I know what, during my journey, I spoke with a psychotherapist at one point who said that she felt that the groups were even more powerful than individual therapy for postpartum depression. Would you say that that's true? I would say it depends, right? Um, I needed psychotherapy. I was really sick. Um, it really depends on where you are on that yeah. spectrum. Um, I've heard from Dr. Um, 
Brody at UNC, that one in 10 of those mothers that do screen positive, they're, those one in 10 are very acutely sick. I, I was very acutely sick. So mm-hmm. I, I did, I, so support groups were not going to yeah, make no. me feel better. Um, plus I had some trauma um, and, and that is all connected. So you have to deal with that. But I would say for the majority of women, yes, um, support groups can help you to feel better. Um, that's my first line with the mothers I work with. Come to the support group, start to feel a little better. And then those ones that need therapy will find their way to therapy. So I, I see that. Yes. I yeah. hope I answered that right. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like, you know, it's a good starting point. And then, and then, you know, depending on how severe you are, but if you're just yeah. kind of feeling like you're not quite yourself, you're, you know, you're having a lot of anxiety or you're feeling really low, starting with a support group might, you know, be enough. And then you could take it from there. Yes. And a lot of them are free and they're online and babies are welcome. And um, you can be pregnant and postpartum. It's so nice. It's so nice just to be with other women who are real. You know, it's not that, um, that Facebook thing. You're not seeing that. Yeah. Right. You're not seeing that. And that, that's really refreshing. Actually, I would love to ask you, you know, how, I mean, I have all my thoughts about social media and how it impacts this, but I would love to hear what yours are. Yeah. Um, it's hard, right? I, I, like we, we only see like what people want to show us. Um, and that can be really, it, it's, it's easy to get down the rabbit hole. Um, and I know a lot of new moms will stop going on social media um, when they start knowing it. That's a beautiful self-care to yeah. get off of that. Yeah. Um, if you are feeling like you are constantly comparing yourself to other women, um, then get off of it. It's not worth it. Um, and, the, and we have this idea when we look, and I do this as a parent of two sons now. Wow. They have it together. Wow. It's perfect. It's Wow, their yeah. kid, it's all perfect. We, we have this idea that no one else is struggling. Um, and it, that what a lie, what a crock of poo. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. Everybody is trying to make it through the best they can. And everybody is struggling with something, um, especially with the stats of one in five. So if you think right. of that, yeah. I mean, you yeah. know women who are feeling this way. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have to close, but I thank you so much for your time. And is there any other last final words that you'd like to offer the moms that are listening? Um, Just you are the best mom for your baby. The way that you mother is the best way to mother. However you choose to mother is the best for your baby because it's the best for you. So be kind, be kind to yourself. You're doing amazing. You're doing amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for all of your work in this area. It's so needed. And I'm glad that there's somebody as passionate as you that is still on this path. Thank you so much. Thank you, Karina. I'm so excited about this summit. I'm so happy there are trailblazers like you doing this. Mm-hmm. We need these conversations. They're really important. Yes, we do. All right, mamas, I hope that was insightful. And if you are at all concerned about your mental well-being or you know somebody who you are concerned about, 
please reach out to me so I can provide you with a screening and check the show notes for support resources, including a monthly support group that I put on, which is not specifically for postpartum depression and anxiety, but simply for mamas who have babies and children three years of age and younger. Okay, and I wish you well. I will speak to you in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye.